I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, August 26, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What's on the docket today? The obvious is on the docket today. We are still in the midst of the melt-up. Seems to be somewhat of a slow-motion grinding melt-up, but it doesn't matter what we call it. It's still a melt-up in process. I can't repeat this enough. I'm going to say it again. The trend is your friend until it's not. Fighting the trend may work once in a while. In large part, fighting the trend is a fool's game. Are we in the redonkulous? Of course we're in the redonkulous. Let's have that discussion for a moment. We have to take the market at face value. Price is an absolute. There can be, and there normally is, a bucket full of reasons why the market should be going in the other direction. That's why we say the market always climbs the wall of worry. We have political risk. We have an election coming up. Does anybody think that it won't? get more contentious than it really is at present? Of course it will. Everybody will pull out all stops. Both sides are coming loaded with their bazooka. We still have large parts of the economy that aren't fully reopened yet. How could we be at new highs? That is, by definition, the wall of worry. Some other signs were in the middle of a melt-up slash blow-off top in the making. We have analysts that are now upgrading Apple, which is set to split, I believe, either the end of this week or Monday of next week. It's around 500 bucks a share. It's set to split, I think, five for one. Maybe it's four for one. Either way, it doesn't matter. But the analysts are now upgrading Apple to higher price targets at all-time highs, pre-split, 500 bucks a share, it's too rich. They did this before, they do it with other stocks, they do it all the time. They do it over and over and over again. Last time Apple split, I think it was around $700 a share. They split the stock. At $700, they are upgrading to eleven dollars and $1,200,000 price targets. They're doing the same routine again. Don't they have a different playbook? Don't they ever learn their lessons? Apple is a $2 trillion company right now. It's $500 a share. Where's the risk? To the upside or the downside? Is it more likely they become a $3 trillion company before they shave off half a trillion dollars? Who knows the answer to that? It's just common sense and logic. It's not that we're betting Apple's going down. It's just... I wouldn't necessarily be betting it's going up a whole lot higher from here after all this stuff. Here's the daily chart of Apple. It's on a melt-up. Let's just look at something logically. The close of July, right? So this was July 31, even the day before. So we'll use the day before because it accentuates the example. The closing price was, we'll call it 385. A month later, less than a month later, the stock is up about 30%. Did Apple really gain 30% of real intrinsic value in the last three and a half weeks? Of course not. That's preposterous. It's on a melt-up. 
Amazon, same routine. Now, I understand the fact that they're only the biggest, baddest company around. We get all that. They sell everything. Everybody orders from Amazon. Everybody has trucks running up and down their street all day long from Amazon. We get all that. But did they really gain 15% of intrinsic value or book value or any kind of value you want to assign to the real value of the company? Did they really gain 15% in the last three weeks or is it just market inflation, melt up operation stuff? What about Facebook up over 8% just today? What changed in Facebook overnight? Nothing. If you're long these stocks, if you own any portion of these stocks, you just enjoy the ride, but the awareness is that they're going to pull the rug out at some point You just don't know where. You don't know when. We say it every single night. The market can absolutely go a whole lot farther in either direction. If it's crashing or if it's melting up, it can go a whole lot farther in either direction than most people ever give it credit for. How about Netflix? Up almost 12% today. It's in the redonkulous camp. Google melting up. The list goes on and on and on. Of course, we're not going to leave out Tesla. This is also in the super and uber redonkulous camp. But it's not for me or anybody else to say or suggest something is ridiculous. Price is the absolute arbiter. We just have to know that in large part, it's going to come to an end. When these things do end, they generally end badly. Do we know when exactly it's going to end? No, we don't. It could end tomorrow with the scheduled speech from Jackson Hole, Wyoming, or I think it's a virtual meeting that the Fed and other central bankers around the world have on an annual basis. They generally have it in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. It's kind of a retreat, central banker boondoggle, if you will. This time, I think like most everything else, they're doing it over Zoom or some comparable service. Are the central bankers really going to spook the market? Unwittingly, they may, but they're not intending to spook the market. When the market rises, it makes their job easier. They don't have to do anything. Here's the last one we'll look at. CRM, Melt Up De Jour. Now, this company's being added to the Dow Jones Industrial Average. A lot of funds probably had to buy it, but that's not really why it's up. It's just up on Melt Up Euphoria, period. Traders may look at the volume here and the amount that this was up today. Look, it was up 26% today. And they may say, hey, that looks like a blow off top. And it may be. But keep in mind, and we've seen this before, these blow off tops can last for a few days. We can have back to back to back days just like this. I'm not saying we will. Nobody knows. What I'm really trying to say is shorting into this kind of stuff it's a pretty good way to get either a pie or a conveyor belt of pies in the face eventually someone will be right and catch the top however what happens if you're wrong do we have a price target in the s p 500 not really what's magnetic what can we look to up north that's close by well we talked about it before here it is it's a stone's throw away it's a chip shot 3,500 in the ES, 350 in the SPY. It's basically 20 handles away on close today. 25 handles, something like that. The futures closed a little higher than you see the SPY. The futures closed at 3,480. And guess what? It's a stone's throw away. 20 handles can be done overnight. 
Remember, we were talking about 3,400 not too long ago. Can't tell you the amount of emails that I received about shorting around 3,400. And the answer was always the same. Watch the videos. Heed the information about the trend is your friend until it's not. Here we are, days later, knocking on the door of the next big fat round number. Wall of worry. They climb it. Is there anything else that we need to or can discuss in terms of the S&P 500? Not really, other than the fact that we're looking for a reversal when and if, not really if, but when it does take place. Maybe it takes place tomorrow. Maybe it takes place next Tuesday. Maybe it takes place three weeks from now. We don't know. We don't care. We said it last night. There's no reason to care where the reversal comes in from. The only people that care are the ones trying to short the market and getting the pie in the face. The reality is, this is a market that you can ride up day by day. You can be long stuff in retirement accounts, investment accounts, investments as a whole, long-term investments, swing trades. That's up to the individual trader. If you're holding Apple, you hold on for as long as you can. Who's to say it doesn't go up to 550? We don't know. It's unlikely, but it was unlikely to get to 500. What about Camp IWM? Isn't it time for a puzzle piece on the table? So the IWM was down today again. So down one half of 1%. So it's not really acting the same. It's not pacing the S&P. It's different. Now, each market certainly deserves to be and can be in their own world. That's fine. Under normal market conditions, the indexes all trade as one thing. It's all the same market. Not to the same magnitude, not intraday all the time, not day by day all the time. But in large part, if the market's rallying, then the IWM and the Qs and the Dow and the S&P, they're all rallying together. But we know better. We have A, favorite market leading indicators, and B, we still have an awareness that there's a lower high situation going on. High, lower high. Now, the S&P we know is at new highs. The Qs are wildly at new highs, but we know what's driving them. The big tech stocks that we just looked at are driving the Qs. As we know, the Qs are top heavy with those five or six stocks. Another lower high scenario, RSP. This is the equal weight S&P. Better representation of the health of the S&P 500 under the covers. Every stock in here is weighted one five hundredth of the weight of the S&P as opposed to the SPY or the actual index itself, which is similar to the Qs, but not quite the same, top heavy. This kind of stuff, the lower highs and all that stuff, it doesn't mean tomorrow something is happening. What it means is something is going to happen and we're all gonna look back after the fact and say, yeah, that was a little ridiculous up there. But we do one thing. We wait for the market to give us the signal, the sign. We don't do anything until that happens. Other than that, it's just a guess. We don't need to guess. If we guess where the top is or where a bottom is, whether it's the market, meaning the S&P, the Qs, an individual stock, gold, oil, doesn't matter. When you guess, the reality is, is you have to flip around the 80-20 rule and realize that you're going to be wrong about 80% of the time. That's just the way it works. Try it for yourself. Do it on paper. 
write down 20 or 25 times, try and pick a top or a bottom of a stock or the market or anything else. And you'll find out over 20 or 25 times, you were wrong about 80% of the time. Obviously, we're going to have the one guy say how he's right. I get that. Go ahead, email me your stats. I get all that. The reality is, is all us mortals trying to guess at tops and bottoms are going to be wrong 80% of the time. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Anything new and exciting here? Not really. The transports were down a touch today, but it's nothing other than a rounding error. That's not even a touch. They were flat. Just for a sec, we'll look at the weekly chart. So we've got a couple of things coming up. We have a pivot up here. That's really the next area of overhead resistance that the uh, transports are targeting. And then you have this up here, which is another pivot high. And guess what? Those are really the last two things left. When you look at a monthly chart, these are the actual highs. We can use all the descriptors we want. Vulgar, non-vulgar, humorous, and serious. Any way you want to look at it, you have to take the market at face value. Whether you or I or your neighbor or cousin Jimmy believe it or not, it doesn't matter. Price is the absolute arbiter. Net-net, what are we doing with this? Nothing. We're moving along. The folks out in Silicon Valley, they were up two and a quarter percent today on the queues. It's a melt up. Look at the stocks that we took a look at before. They're all melting up. They're dragging the queues up. Maybe I should use the word draw. They're drawing the queues up. Are the queues going to get to 300? Maybe. Does it really matter at this point where the stopping point is? No, it doesn't. For days and days and days, one thing that we've been saying is we're in the summer doldrums and the market can actually stay like this through the Labor Day weekend. Light volume, supposedly traders and investors and people are generally on vacation. Eh, With the electronic trading these days and trade from anywhere from your phone, from a computer, laptop, iPad, doesn't matter. I don't buy that story necessarily. The story I do buy is it's the summer doldrums. It's quiet. The volume is light. In fact, I like to gauge my volume with the S&P 500 using the spider. And what you'll see is even a slight pickup in volume today over yesterday. However, what traders have to realize is this is the average volume. So the way this volume on my chart is calculated, it's the average volume over the last 90 days. So what you're seeing here is the volume, the average volume, coming down so even though we look like we're getting closer to the average meaning the black line the black line's coming down so the volume is becoming compressed when volume does come back to the market whether it's in the upward or downward direction meaning the the price action it's not going to make a difference you're going to get wild swings because more volume meaning more participants will move the market there has been little volume and price movement in the upward direction imagine what happens when volume does come back in another thing to mention on volume i get this comment a lot i seem to have to correct it a lot and traders seem to think that because it's light volume the market is weak it's a bearish signal it couldn't be farther from the truth don't necessarily just take my word for it Go back and look at the market all the way back from, let's say, 2009. The market bottomed in March of 2009. Tell me if the volume was massive on the way up, all the way up. Obviously, there's heavy volume on certain days, even certain weeks. But when you take a snapshot over like 
11 years. Tell me if the volume was decreasing over that period of time or increasing as the market went up over that period of time. The answer is it was decreasing as price went up. It's not bearish at all. The path of least resistance, when the volume is light in a quiet market, certainly in a summer doldrum quiet light volume market, the path of least resistance is at minimum of sideways, but it's also higher. Generally speaking, people, and this is people, I'm not saying traders, I'm not saying investors, I'm not saying computers, people. People program computers, people are traders, people are investors. People don't necessarily look for reasons to sell the market until there is one. Therefore, when there's nothing going on, there's no reason to sell the market. You have what I like to call a seller strike. Is there anything we can do with the cues up here? And the short answer is no. The longer answer is not really. The only thing we can do is move it along. How about the financials, the XLF? So here's an interesting one. We'll call this a puzzle piece and we'll put it on the table. They were down about half a percent today. So the IWM is down, my favorite market leading indicator. The transports weren't up, they were flat, but they weren't leading the market in the upward direction and they weren't following the market in the upward direction. So we have the IWM and the transports not pacing, not leading the market. That's a puzzle piece, it's on the table. Those are my number one and number two favorite market leading indicators. Now the transports in terms of the canary thing, canary in the coal mine, it's not really telling us anything, so we'll leave that aside. The XLF, the financials, also happens to be a big part of the S&P. They're not participating, they're down today. Have no choice but to remain a puzzle piece on the table. Keeping in mind the big picture, the weekly chart of the XLF, this is not a healthy chart. This is not above all the moving averages. This is not anywhere near almost any of the other charts that we look at on a regular basis. So the financials from a longer term perspective. Now, obviously, they can trade up into these moving averages. That's fine. Close above this breakdown candle high. That's a whole different ballgame altogether. But they haven't even challenged it yet when the other markets are leaps and bounds ahead on the power curve. So what does this tell us about the long-term health of the financials and likely some broader market, either sectors or just the broader market in general? It's telling us something is awry. Doesn't have to mean something happens this week or next week, but what we're saying is that we know, that they know, that we know, that there's something going on here that most people don't want to talk about. They want to brush it under the rug. Analysts keep raising price targets. That's fine. While things are bullish, put on the party hats, party on. Here's your monthly chart, and here's my deal. Until and unless you get above the high of that breakdown candle we just talked about on the weekly chart, then this is no dice, and this is going lower over time. This is a monthly chart. This could take another year or so to play out. Doesn't mean we're going up for a year, but in the next year, you could see this higher and lower. Remember, the market, in large part, always makes it look like it's going to do the thing that it's not actually going to do. So if the market's actually going to go down, generally goes up first. The market's going to go up, it generally goes down first. It's called, and I love this term, the shakeout operation. The market's job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. Therefore, when they're going to make a move, so when I say they, it's the market, right? The market participants. The market's going to make a move. 
let's say the ES or the S&P is going to go up to 3,500, SPY up to 350. More often than not, before they head up in that direction, they're going to go down first, making everyone believe that they're not going to go to 350, making everyone believe that they're wrong. They shake out all the weak hands, and just when enough are out, meaning they've sold the position, they've capitulated, they're sitting on the sideline watching through the glass, that's at the point when they turn around and they leave without you. That, my friends, is the way the market works. What happened inside the numbers by the way today well not a lot the market was on a melt-up so what i'll do is i'll let you read the notes pause the video read the notes go back to the chart see exactly what happened or what didn't happen it was obviously a quiet grinding melt-up kind of day it is what it was but here's inside the numbers and if you're active in the market during the trading day then it makes all the sense in the world that you pay attention and that you at least give this its due there's valuable information here. So let me scroll up. We'll get through the notes. Then we'll take a look at only one stock on the move opportunity today. There were three on the board. None hit their numbers, but one came close. I want to show the one that came close because even though it was a heartbreaker, there's always a lesson learned. We had three on the board, YNDX, JWN, and PSTG. And that was the one, incidentally. Here it is. Five-minute chart of PSTG, pure storage. The low of day was 1434. The number on the board early in the morning was 1430. Look at that rocket ride. The high by 10 o'clock a.m. was 1607. These are the ones. These are the doubles, triples, and home runs that you never know are coming. Didn't get a fill on this. Some traders did. I get that. The takeaway, the numbers. Takeaway 2.0. The numbers work. About Smash Mouth, do we have anything to discuss? No. The Qs were up, Smash Mouth was up, everything was up except the RSP, the IWM, and the transports. Interesting. But the semiconductor space, which is a pretty good proxy for the tech sector as a whole, it was up. There's no issue with the semis. There's no issue with tech. I had a request or two to cover the VIX tonight. So the VIX was up a little bit today, and so traders are wondering if that's the beginning of a move. Should they hop on the VIX? Is the market going to go down from here if the VIX is up and all that stuff? We don't know, but my take on it is the VIX was up a little. The VIX is melting down just like the market is melting up. Now, traders can be buying protection. Investors, traders, anybody can be buying protection against some of the wildly successful long portfolios out there. And that could be a good excuse for why the VIX is up. Why would they be buying protection today? Well, if you have the central bankers meeting and Jerome Powell is going to give a speech tomorrow before the opening bell, and he could potentially say something that spooks the market. I don't think he will, but it doesn't matter what I think. He can say something that spooks the market. If the market gets spooked, remember, big volume comes in, they could chew off a lot of points in a hurry if volume comes into the market. So this also can be traders preparing, essentially buying insurance. Until proven otherwise, I think that's about all it is. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. 
My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Thank you.